Welcome to the Get Emergent Podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massengill. And I'm Bill Berthel. And good morning, everybody. Today, we're again doing our podcast from our home isolation. This is week four for us of voluntary lockdown. So still kind of adapting. I don't know about you, Bill, but yesterday it kind of hit me. I I've been fairly optimistic throughout this whole process, but got a little negative and got a little down yesterday from just, it's getting a little weary, this whole process. In fact, I'm even noticing people are in such a different places on the spectrum. There's lots of optimistic people. There's some pessimistic people. There's negative or what are you seeing? Yeah, there really are. You know, quick observation, just in some coaching calls this week, this home isolation being more significant for folks. So I don't think you're alone, Cindy. I don't think you're alone in that. We all relate to dividing people or objects or things through reductive reasoning or thinking into two. You know, we think black, white, good, bad, and that makes our thinking process able to better understand ourselves and other things in our environment. You know, we do that with people. We think of optimists and pessimists. You know, but there's a whole spectrum of attitudes that we have about, you know, what we're thinking in our surroundings. And if we open that binary thinking to, you know, third, fourth, fifth choices along the spectrum, we can understand things even better. Today, I want to talk about that spectrum between optimism and pessimism and really hone in on what some experts have called realistic optimism. Yeah. Talk to me about pessimists. Have you ever worked for a pessimist or had that experience? <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I wonder if we, we probably all have at some point in our careers or in our lives. You know, it can be hard to work with a pessimist. And I think when we say pessimist, we think of negativity, and that's accurate. I always think of the Winnie the Pooh characters, and I think of Eeyore as that classic pessimist where there's just that dark cloud hanging over him and Nothing seems to be going right. You know, working with a pessimistic leader or coworker is hard. Feedback is often negative. You don't know whether you've hit the mark or not. You don't know if you're performing well enough because most of the feedback or sometimes all of the feedback is really negative. So it can be hard to work with a pessimistic leader or coworker. Absolutely. And it's almost like it's infectious. You know, it kind of trickles down. We read a lot about emotional intelligence and Daniel Goleman how he talks about it, contagious, right? And there seems to be more energy around negativism and pessimism over optimism. It seems to hit us a little bit stronger. You and I were talking about the Stockdale paradox. Yeah, yeah, that's a great um, you know, story from history. Admiral James Stockdale was a United States military officer who was held captive in Vietnam for over eight years. And in that eight years, he was tortured over 20 times. By the way, he was the highest ranking officer to have ever been taken prisoner of war. And so you can imagine, the man went through hell. He really did. Saw the worst of war in, in a POW camp. It's called the Stockdale Paradox because of the attitude he held. He retained this sense of faith and optimism that he would prevail. He went into the camp with the attitude of, I don't know necessarily what is going to happen, but I will prevail. So there's a real optimistic view there. But at the same time, 
he confronted the harsh realities that existed. He allowed himself to, unfortunately, experience some of the worst things in life and not brush over them. And you know what he noticed? Now, this is eight years. This is an eight-year experience in a POW camp. What he noticed was that the high optimists were actually the first to perish. And Stockdale has been quoted that he would hear their discussions that were highly optimistic. You know, oh, we're going to get out by Christmas. This is going to be so great. Or uh, we're going to get out by Easter. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be good. This is what's happening. They'd set these milestones, very optimistic milestones. We're going to get out by Thanksgiving. And sure enough, the next season would come. We're going to get out by Christmas. And they never got out. And they would actually perish because they weren't able to hold the reality yeah. of what was going on. Yeah. And so that Kept paradox is holding that. Yes, disappointment. Absolutely. That paradox is holding that faith that they would prevail and being realistic at the same time, seeing what was going on. Do you think there's a downside to being optimistic then? I mean, I think overly optimistic, but do you think there's a downside to the optimism that we're talking about? Yeah, there's a great book called Health and Optimism. Uh, it's by uh, Peterson and Basio. And there's a great quote I actually want to read from that book because I think it speaks to just your question. They suggest that optimism is not an experience in fantasy, but it's a reality-based belief system that leads us to be active and effective in our lives, working toward good outcomes while avoiding the bad ones. What I love mm -hmm. about that quote is optimism is not fantasy. And I think sometimes what occurs with some leaders is the sense of blind optimism, the sense of everything is, everything is going to be okay no matter what, or everything is really good. It's well-intended, but it can come across as fantasy. It's almost like Pollyanna thinking. Yes, yes. Pollyanna-like attitude, right? Yeah, there's lots of those analogies, right? The rosy glasses are always on, or yeah, Pollyanna's a great analogy, great story. Uh, little girl who really had the high optimism, almost blind optimism. Actually, Pollyanna is a great story because in the end of that story, we don't usually focus on, Pollyanna becomes a realist. Pollyanna holds faith, holds her sense of things can be good, but through her experiences in the story, sees that that's not always true. And she becomes a realistic optimist in that story. But yes, we use that analogy, viewing it from a Pollyanna perspective as blind optimism. You know, I think um, another person, since we brought up Admiral Stockdale, we can talk a little bit about the work of Viktor Frankl, especially when we're talking about optimism. For our listeners who aren't familiar with him, he was an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist and also a Holocaust survivor. He wrote the best-selling book called Man's Search for Meaning, and it was based on his experience in a concentration camp. He's the founder of this term called logotherapy, which is a concept that's based on the premise that our primary motivational force of any individual is to find all meaning in life. And that's really what motivates us most. And, you know, I think thinking about the work that he did and the observations that he made in the concentration camp, how do you see his work relevant to this idea of realistic optimism? Yeah, well, first, personally, his work is incredibly meaningful to me in my leadership path. I have to confess, early on in my leadership path, I was one of these blind optimists. I really was. 
you know, just asking people to just see the good, no matter what, just, just prevail. And uh, that gave some energy to the skeptics, rightfully so. It didn't build credibility for my leadership. And it was actually Frankel's work that I read. Well, actually, let me, let me back up a tiny bit. It was actually, it was uh, Stephen Covey's work that I read that he mentions Frankel's work, which led me to Frankel's book that you so well described. It's exactly that. You know, here we are again, another prisoner of war story, well before Admiral Stockdale. But again, here's this man who saw, you know, the worst of humanity and uh, watched his own family and friends perish, yet came out of it prevailing with what we would say today is positive psychology. He's really cited as kind of the grandfather of positive psychology. Right. Um, the ability to hold choice, right? What he saw was that the one thing the Nazis couldn't take away from him was his choice. It's how he would choose to respond. And so he came up with the model of between stimuli and response, we have choice and we have human endowments in that choice. So powerful as a leader to be able to say, here's the stimuli that's coming in. I actually get to choose how I respond to this, this, this environment, the, the situation. And I think that's really important with what's going on today, Cindy. You know, as you mentioned, we're four weeks into home isolation or voluntary in-home sheltering, whatever we want to call it. You know, we're not through this yet but holding that realistic optimism to say um, many people are suffering. There's a lot of good and a lot of not so good going on in the world right now. Builds more credibility and trust in leaders. Absolutely. And you and I talked uh, when we were preparing for our podcast, we almost think that there's in this topic of realistic optimism, there's three things we want to recommend to our listeners. And, and why don't we go there, go there now. You were going to lead off with, just sharing a little bit about vulnerability. Yeah, I think if there's one thing we'd ask leaders to do, and, and you're right, we're going to mention three, but I think keeping it real is how I think about vulnerability. And what that means to me is when we don't have the answer, don't just put on the rosy glasses and the, uh, the sugar coating. Say you don't know, but drive to action. That builds so much credibility to say, I'm not sure, I don't know. I can recognize the challenges too, but here's what we're going to do about it. That builds so much trust and credibility and followership and gets us to drive to purposeful action. So let's admit when we don't know, let's admit things are challenging, things are tough, and then move from that place. I think that's the vulnerable almost, thing to do. Absolutely. It's almost counterintuitive to what a leader may believe is the right way or the best way to respond in those situations. A lot of times they, leaders have that high expectation that, especially in times of crisis, they need to know what to do. And just stopping and taking the time to say, wait a minute, I don't know. And I believe that we can find the answer is just incredibly powerful. And in fact, leads us to our second recommendation to our listeners. We gotta put things in perspective in times like yeah. this. Really got to put things in perspective. This moment in time and what we're going through right now, it is not permanent and this is not forever. At least there is <laughs> no evidence right now that tells us it's forever, right? Um, it's highly unlikely. Gosh, yeah. I, yeah, good, good. gosh I hope not. Gosh, I, hope <laughs> right. um, I listened to a podcast by Brene Brown a couple weeks hmm, ago. Love her. And yeah. 
Yeah, she talked about this. She has this term around, she describes first time. She actually has a different term for first times, but I'm not going to use the word because we'd have to bleep out some language. So I'll just, for now, <laughs> our listeners can go and investigate that and I'll just call it the first. But she talks about first times and she talks about how we really need to normalize it, that what we feel during these times, it's supposed to feel uncomfortable. It's supposed yes, to feel yes. how we're feeling. It's the first time. This is one of those things we're all going through this for the first time. So normalizing it, meaning it's okay to be uncomfortable. The other thing she talked about was do a reality check. It is going Mm. to suck for a while, right? That ties really nicely to realistic optimism. The reality is that this is going to suck for a little while. We are going to be doing our podcasts through Zoom and by phone. We are going to be delivering most of our work on a computer and working from home and having to bend and adapt and be flexible. But again, it's not going to last forever. Then the third point she made, which I loved, was just putting it in perspective. It is not Mm. permanent, right? It is not permanent. I loved it. Just taking the time for leaders to recognize first time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think this is all out of good intention, right? The, the blind optimism is from a place of wanting things to be good. I recognize that in myself as well. We're not talking about malice. We're not talking about anything, you know, it, it, like it's part of an evil plan. This is the bright side of humanity we're talking about. And the third piece I really want to share is from that place of listening that so often as leaders, we miss the opportunity to listen because we're working hard to make things good. And again, that's from a great intention, but sometimes it's just, it's that slowing down to go faster. It's that ability to pause, listen really well, acknowledge and validate what people are doing or going through, especially if it's challenging. You know, I had a, had an experience with an employee. This is years, years, years ago someone I indirectly led and, you know, most folks would actually complain about this employee saying she's a very negative person, but you know what? She often had some great ideas. She often had solutions that were very viable, but the negativity, the pessimistic view made it kind of difficult to listen to. I wanted her to feel listened to, but I also wanted her solutions. And so there's a real performance piece in listening to to pull out some great ideas, to be able to get some of the best of what people have to offer is sometimes, you know, surrounded by a complaint. It's sometimes surrounded by, hey, this isn't going well. But behind mm-hmm. that, there's a solution. Yeah, and this employee came, you know, after building some trust and credibility, this employee came back and said, you know, thank you. Thanks for listening. I know, I know it's not always easy to listen to me, but I appreciate the listening. That's that third piece I think we want to talk about today is just slowing down to listen. Help me connect listening to realistic optimism. Yeah, yeah. So for me, and I think for many leaders, we get to see that the connection is quieting our own inner dialogue of everything is awesome. Remember the old Lego movie song, everything is awesome, right? If that's just constantly (laughs) the song that's playing in our head, we're not listening. And Again, I think it's from that place of good intention that we want everything to be really great. Well, sometimes we just have to press the pause button on that soundtrack, really listen to what may not be going so well, 
where some of the complaints are, or the challenges are with our staff or with the work at hand, and then take that more realistic view with our people and you know, with ourselves too. I think taking that pause to check in with ourselves in a more realistic way as well. I'm almost hearing you say that by listening, it keeps us grounded. Oh, I it love actually that. Helps us, yes. It, it almost helps us stay in the place of being realistically optimistic, right? I love that Not idea of grounded. Optimistic. Yes. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to take a stab, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a stab at kind of summarizing everything that we talked about today. Yeah. I, loved our, I loved our conversation. Today, we talked about realistic optimism and the benefits of realistic optimism for leaders. And then we also talked about the impact of pessimistic leaders and almost that contagion and the effect that they have on and others. We talked about too much optimism and blind optimism and how that can almost hurt a leader's credibility. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It gives energy to the skeptics. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. We shared stories about two great leaders, Admiral Stockdale and Viktor Frankl, and yeah. what we can take away from their experiences around this idea of optimism and realistic optimism. And then we shared our recommendations, especially during these times. We don't always have the answers, and that's okay. Make sure we put things in perspective. It's not going to last forever, or at least there is an evidence of that today, right? And then Absolutely. just keep listening keeps us grounded by listening, really, really pay attention to what people are saying and what they're not saying and use that as a guide mm -hmm. to direct where we need to put our leadership most. Beautiful summary. Beautiful. Bill, thanks. This was a great conversation today. And we're going through this together, our team and all of our clients and everybody out there. And so if any of our listeners can use our support, either individually or supporting the teams or organizational in any way, please do reach out to us. Our website is getemergent.com, and we hope you all stay healthy and safe. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks for today, and really enjoyed our conversation. Be well and thrive. <laughs>